folks, to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and I am super excited. Not for Infinity Wars or a gauntlet what's got stones in it. Uh, I'm excited for the player sponsorship. We met our, our stretch goal to send M Lizard to Combo Breaker. And that's rad. I'm glad that like it's all booked. It's cut. Checks are cut. Checks in the mail. Act like there's no checks being sent. It's more so just that we paid for the tickets. Uh, the registration's all finished. They're going to go to Combo Breaker. Both um, M Lizard, aka Tourniquet, and Neon. Uh, and hopefully uh, they can make some waves and it's going to be awesome. Uh, super excited for them and looking forward to seeing them compete uh, in about yeah, in about a month's time, actually, in fact, from the, like this recording of this podcast. By the way, folks, if you're not familiar, I'm Joe Monday and this is the podcast where we talk about what's been going on on the front page of our Street Fighter every week. Uh, I think I legally have to say Infinity Wars this week because for some reason, I don't know. I don't really care about the Marvel Universe. Uh, and I say that openly as just like, I kind of lost interest. I, I suppose they, they kind of lost me after a couple of middling movies at best. Um, but like, maybe I can make like a rage face for the for the thumbnail and just go like, yes, it was awesome. No, we'll, we'll get that one going. That'll be good. So, like I'll, I'll clip it to that for sure for the thumbnail don't worry uh because these also go up on youtube you know that's, i gotta hit all the hell all spots man gotta get this out there uh but this is the podcast where we talk about what's been going on the front page of our street fighter and there's kind of been a lot going on uh in the world of street Fighter. we kind of missed a lot last week because we were talking to jamillion uh a lot of good interesting conversation there last week if you didn't listen to the episode but gonna get back on track we're gonna get back to what we know best uh which is not long intros in fact not good at long intros uh so we're gonna get into the news uh speaking of our vega player another vega player Xiao Bao. man that like came off my tongue weird Uh, let me like wet my whistle a little bit made the x sound like a t Xiao Bao will no longer play vega uh, and that's, I think that's going to be a theme this week of sticking with low tier characters in Street Fighter V. I might even roll back on something that I've previously said, uh, that even with low tier characters, you got to work through your bad matchups in Street Fighter V. I don't know if that's necessarily true. It's too easy to pick characters with many options, uh, or at least make things easier for yourself. Where if you're going to try and be competitive, because it's very competitive. Listen, we're getting into that later. But Xiaobao had a lot to say about Vega. And I think it's a short quote. Uh, so I think we just read the whole thing. Uh, he says, thanks for the game developer's design and useless character. Uh, not only does Vega have the worst upward hitbox, uh, V-Trigger 1 and V-Trigger 2, but he also doesn't have an invincible critical art, which is true. Uh, therefore, I won't be able to use Vega in competitions. As a professional player, I have to win games. Another very good point. Although each fight will become a little bit boring without him. So he's experiencing a little loss there. Uh, before the update of the next patch, I won't use Vega anymore. It's time to say goodbye to him. 
but he will always live inside my mind. Everyone has a little Vega inside their mind. Uh, he will, Vega will always remain in his mind palace. Uh, thanks for Talent Esports for supporting me and respecting my decision in the past one year. From now on, I will focus on practicing Nikali for the future tournaments. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's a good switch. Nikali has a lot of options to him. He's a pretty well-rounded character in a lot of ways. Uh, however, that's a, I don't know, that's like a huge loss of someone saying that they have great feeling towards a character. I certainly feel this way with Geef. I don't think, like, I don't feel that if I were trying to be a competitive tournament player that it would be intelligent to remain a Geef main strictly. Uh, that would just be dumb, I think. Uh, if it was my prerogative to win matches uh, and get money that way, you could still make money as like a, a Geef main professional player without winning tournaments in the scene, and there's more conversation to be had that way. You can make an impacts in other ways uh, as a professional player without necessarily tearing up the charts. Uh, you gotta at least... Hmm. Mm. I might roll back on that too, because there's, there's something to be said about hitting top eights and how the community views you as a player, which we, again, will get into later. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh... But this is sad to, like, to at the same time, the R Street Fighter community sending the best Vega player uh, of right now, which is M Lizard, to Combo Breaker, and yet Xiao Bao, who actually won last year's Saigon Cup a year from, like, a year ago, because Saigon Cup was uh, last weekend, uh, won Saigon Cup, but now dropping Vega. And that's tough. It's tough to see that. Uh, and speaking of Saigon Cup, that happened. And congratulations to UIU's NL. Uh, putting Fudo always, always second place. Always the, uh, always the brides, always the, um, always a bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh, the maid of honor, everyone's favorite maid of honor, Fudo. Uh, again, this is always sad. And I always bring this up because, again, Fudo is my wife's favorite player. And it is always appropriate that anytime Fudo gets second place, that this photo is shared. It is the best photo. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's the one of Fudo sitting in the chair, uh, and the two mo Razor models are posing, taking a selfie, and Fudo is not included. He just looks like a sad, sad boy, and I just want to give him a hug. I want to, I want to tell him to buck up, champ. You'll get him next time. <laughs> the pennant's coming to you next year, kiddo. Don't worry. I'll come pick you up when the Angels win the pennant. Uh, it's very sad to watch Fudo do that. And But hey, he's sticking with Mika, who many say is, you know, maybe not the strongest character this season. Uh, she certainly is lacking in a couple of areas, but always sticking with her. And he's a pleasure to watch, I think. Uh, I love the way that he plays. Um, I think he's entertaining to watch. Uh, for a for a Mika player and I don't know it's again I just love I love looking at that picture and I can't wait till he wins he we're gonna win Eva next year champ don't worry uh, but again congratulations to uh, UIU's NL uh, team UIU I know we've talked we like haven't talked about uh, pickups uh, team pickups in a while because there have been many moves in the past uh, two-ish weeks but UIU has a lot of players now 
Uh, I don't have their current listing up right now, but they've got some movers, movers and shakers, uh, or don't, don't be shookers, uh, as, as it were. Uh, and I'm looking forward to what that, like what comes out of UIU. Like, cause they're planning something, right? There's gotta be some alternative, alternative ideas coming from them. I would, I am sitting in anticipation to see what comes out of that team and like that, that house. Uh, but anyway, uh, moving on to the next topic. I saw a question on the sub, uh, asked by, uh, user Sovain, uh, Anyone still playing USF4? I'd like to get some games in. And then there's no question mark or appeared after that. It's just they'd like, they like to get some games in. Uh, and to that I say, of course. Of course people are still playing USF4. Uh, it's a very beloved game. And in fact, there's a whole Discord dedicated to it. It's the USF4 Revival Discord. Uh, and the link is shared there. And you should go, you should go to there and get games. Now, that doesn't say that you can't find games just by by natural means, but at the same time, you're going to get bought by the sharks because uh, it's just it's just a, a shark tank now. USF4 is just shark tank now. There's not a lot of people playing that casually uh, who are just like, I've just picked up the game. This is my first fighter. That You don't have that anymore. All of those people are playing Street Fighter V. However, I will say that the community is still strong, and they're like very... Uh, they'll embrace new players and they'll help you learn the game. And also there's a lot of material out there that'll help you learn the game. There's a whole subreddit, or at least was a whole subreddit dedicated to USF4 or Street Fighter 4 as it were. And all of that stuff is archived in the R Street Fighter wiki. It's in there. Hit the buttons. Uh, there's a lot of character specifics that someone might have written that has a silky smooth voice and is probably a very sexy man with, you know, can grow a rugged beard. I heard he's a good, he wrote good character. Regardless. Anyway, there's a lot to be learned about USF4 even today. And there's still a lot of people playing it. So go check it out. All right, next. Speaking of old games, uh, here's, <laughs> here's just something that you don't see too often. Uh, and it was a Yun and Yang combo video uh, by YouTube user PM. Uh, but not a typical combo video. Uh, I mean, we've all seen like third strike combo videos uh, and the way that they are, but this one was a second impact combo video and it's just not something that you see too often uh, because all of the pretty crazy combo videos came after like third strike. That's where a lot of that's what you expect to see. Uh, but here's a lot of cool Urian trade combos uh, that is Aegis Reflector trade combos with both Yun and Yang. Uh, it was something that popped up on the sub and got me thinking like man second impact I really didn't play second impact all that much what is there what is it about that game it's got a whole like it's got a whole different look to it Yurian's face in that life bar is it's intense AF uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about look it up it's alarming uh, but anyway that's a fun video it's only a minute and a half long so go check it out uh, the other thing you should check out is there's another episode of Fighters Dojo. Uh, that is a series by a friend of the sub, Rabasar. Uh, he's got a whole series. This is episode 18, so there's there's a lot to catch up on if you are a either new player or intermediate player. Uh, there's a lot to learn from this dude. Uh, I actually think these are... Okay, no, this was posted on his channel, even though I think that he posts these through SRK as well. Um, 
I should fact check that. But regardless, uh, it's a very good uh, video on how to read your opponent and like what does that actually mean? Uh, and like taking like your best guess based on the odds of you know what your best options are because some characters have pretty low risk options that cover a lot of your opponent's wake up options. In speaking of like Oki or something, but other characters do not, like Zangief, for example, uh, and to some extent Alex. Uh, but we're not talking about Alex. We don't talk about everyone's favorite grappler. Uh, anyway, uh, good video to check out. A bit of a long video, but it, the way that they usually work, these videos usually work, is that he talks for the first half about the theory and then puts it into practice in the second half and explains how or why something did or did not work. Uh, and it's a, it's a good it's a good thought experiment. Uh, so worthwhile checking out if you ever, if you find yourself like thinking, oh man, I'm bad at reading my opponent. Um, it's good to think about game theory this way, but check it out. Uh, another thing which I highly recommend reading, this is one of, this is probably one of my favorite posts on the sub in a long time. Uh, and this is a translation by, I was going to say crazy dogs, but it's not, it's not crazy dogs. It's Carzy dogs, which is, it puts a that kind of puts a little smile on my face. Um, Carzy dogs, <laughs> did a translation of gamer B's lecture, uh, from B pro TV. This is episode 57, uh, about fighting game player attributes and competencies. And Gamer B goes through and talks about the core competencies of what he's like, how he ranks them, uh, not only through Street Fighter V but other games as well, as such as Street Fighter IV and Tekken. Uh, and it's a very nuanced look at uh, game balance, player balance, uh, character selection, and this kind of gets back to the first part about Xiao Bao dropping Vega, and it's like the character strength matters. It's actually really nice to see a pro talking about this and saying that, uh, and I'll even quote him here just to pull out something. I think that it's fairly easy to understand. A player's performance is directly affected by the strength of his or her character choice. Every fighting game inherently has its share of strong and weak characters, while the players themselves cannot directly change the strengths of their characters. All players are equal in the sense that every player has the right to choose, pick, or change their character in any way that they see fit. So like, at the very start, like you could choose anyone. Uh, and you could try to beat anyone with any character. Even goes on to, much later, when he's talking about uh, you know, player performance, he brings up, you know, it does matter, even if you're winning with a strong character. Uh, for example, uh, Storm Kubo. Uh, again, to quote Gamer Reed, he won a domestic tournament in Japan recently using Abigail, which gave him prize money, increased his exposure and fame. It's his job. It's his job. So like, but at the same time, if you, he, he just said previously, if you win with Abigail, you're on the receiving end of a lot of negativity from the community. And that's kind of true. You see the, the Twitch chat light up anytime they see Abigail, just yell your brain shut off like another dumb Abigail. Choosing a top tier, and this is ha this is not unique to Street Fighter V, of course. This happens in many games. Tekken, less so much. Uh, tiers are a little bit weird in Tekken. Uh, Devil Jin... 
I won't get into this is an attacking podcast, but like I won't get into that. However, uh, Game Ruby gets into you know why exactly some players don't pick top tier characters and like what that means to them as a player and how that affects them as a professional player trying to like this be their career because it's great that it's their career it's actually really interesting to see him talk about esports in a way of like things that it did for the community and also things that it took away from the community and it's nice to see bruce talk about this stuff in a way that's pretty open and honest about his opinions which is not to say the way that he's spoken about Street Fighter 5 in the past like he's pretty he's like gone on record and there's like videos of him lampooning the game and saying that it's pretty trash and just hating on the game like outright and like that's what all that's what a lot of people do on on Twitter because that's what the platform's good for but with that said this is he was given more space here and more time to give a nuanced opinion uh and it's definitely worth reading uh regardless of your stance on do i like the game or do i not like the game that's not what should be in your head it's more so about like the business end or the actual performance end of what these things mean what the balance of street fighter 5 means what the lowered execution means for Street Fighter V, where everyone is kind of on a similar playing field of it only taking about, not taking a very long time to learn a new character with uh, any amount of competency, or what you're rewarded for in Street Fighter V versus other games, and it's definitely worth a read. There's a lot of things here that I think are worth biting into and worth discussing, and as of right now, I mean, this post is... Here's the age of this post. Let me scroll up for that. I think that's where that's posted. Uh, this was posted earlier today. So, like, 20 hours ago. About 24... By the time you're listening to this, it's about a day old. There's only 11 comments. And, like, there's a lot of meat to chew on here. Like, this... Hmm. This pie has been baking. It's just ready to dig in. There's a lot to dig into here. Uh, and I plan on hopping in this and sharing my opinion on it and what my, my takes were after... Mm, I might not have time after this recording. My life's been kind of crazy. I haven't really talked about... Mm, this is kind of an aside. My life's kind of been fucking nuts uh, the past couple weeks. I've talked about this on the... Uh, during the tournaments, but like I've been working fucking crazy hours. So like finding time to to do this or like respond like in depth with in depth thoughts to uh, very provocative posts such as this one are maybe outside of the bounds of <laughs> what is possible uh, right now for me. Uh, so let's just move on to the next topic then. Uh, Street Fighter Five is blocked in Russia. <laughs> That's a thing that happened, uh, but it's kind of it's. It's weird how it happened, though. It's not that Putin saw Zangief nerfs and said, Oh, no muscle power for you. He did not say that. Although, I would like to write that story in my head of, of that being what happened. He saw what... He put up the iron muscle curtain, and he's currently hiding everyone from Street Fighter V. Uh, no. It's weirder than that, and like a little bit probably more politically charged than that, in fact. Uh, so as uh, this was, this news was kind of posted and expanded upon by user Siberian Six Forty Four, um, an app name. Uh, 
Uh, one week earlier, the Roskomnadzor, uh, which is the Federal Service for Supervision of Communications, Information Technology, and Mass Media, uh, started to block the Telegram messenger in Russia, which is just a service. Uh, and what they did was that they blocked certain IP addresses to shut that down. Unintentionally, though, uh, there happened to be IP addresses used by Street Fighter V, so you can't hop on CFN. Uh, but also weird because, like, Telegram is apparently up and working now. It's... I don't necessarily think that anyone has their mind fully wrapped around the hows and whys of how this worked, because some people had access to Street Fighter V uh, in Russia, some people did not. So it's probably, like, as this one says, probably IP address based, because uh, they... Because what the the Roscom Nadzor did was shut down some IPs. Um, regardless, uh, I don't know if this has been resolved yet. It doesn't seem like it has been. Uh, so this is uh, granted the user base of Russia, Russian players is not super huge, but there is a community there. I mean, someone has done a full Russian translation of Geef's Gym, which also is fucking dope. Which reminds me, I should put that into print. For myself for me to have all for me uh maybe do like a special release of that just for fun uh unfortunately it's only like the first version but still uh, i've been told that it's helped a lot of new players in russia and helped their community but also like ross is over there and like he's one of the best ball rock players right now and like dude can't play the game that's kind of fucked up uh regardless hopefully i can come back and report on this next week and say that all's good uh but with the current political climate, I don't know if it will be or not. So, I don't know. This one's kind of beyond my area of expertise. Uh, in terms of my political knowledge of how Russia works. So, if any of you listeners out there happen to be Russian and can weigh in on this topic, I would love to hear from you. Uh, because this is unfortunately fascinating in a couple of ways as to why this even happened. Um, and it's just unfortunate because it prevents communities from it, it doesn't prevent people from playing it like IRL like you can still show up at your local and place of Street Fighter 5 it doesn't like shut prevent the game from running let's say because it's again you just can't connect to <clears throat> you can't connect to CFN so unfortunate um, so let's get into other news then uh, again I would like to if Again, I'll repeat, if you are a listener who happens to know more about the story or why this happened, write in. Let me know about this, because this is intriguing in ways. Uh, but you know what else is intriguing? Uh, the Falk trailer. We didn't really talk about this last week, even though the trailer came out last week, uh, and Falk is, by the time of this podcast, already available. Uh, but the trailer uh, it brought up a little bit of like weird Twitter controversy, oddly enough. Uh, some people were saying the animations look stilted and that was like a whole, well, that's because you only watched the Twitter video and that was only uploaded at like 30 frames per second. Watch the one on the YouTube with as the, the 60 frames per second. It's an HD. It's an HD. Uh, so there were people like that on <laughs> on the sub and other places of social media which is unfortunate. Uh, but, I don't know. Uh, there were, are certain aspects. It, like, once you found out that uh, from the uh, 
uh, Capcom Unity post that she was an input character or easy. In- what do you call characters like this? Like Ed, like Ed and Falk. Do you just call them like easy input characters. Do we have a name for that? Just like button press characters? Because all you have to do for most of her specials, not all of them, is to just press two buttons at a time to do her kicks and punch special. Uh, she also has a hold and release projectile, which is interesting. I like her hold and release projectile, uh, especially in V-Trigger 1, uh, which I think I even said on last week's podcast and during the tournament that I think we're only going to ever see V-Trigger 1. For a couple reasons. One, it looks like it's got, it gives her crazy good pressure and options. Uh, like, options in the neutral, options for pressure. Uh, whereas V-Trigger 2 causes there to be a huge animation, which on block is punishable, or on whiff is reactionable to punish. Uh, or, and also it doesn't look like it gives her super nasty mix-ups. Which, if it gave her nasty mix-ups, it's like, okay... I can see it, but really, I think she's fine. I think she's fine with V-Trigger 1 uh, and the pressure that she'll get off of her projectiles, make people press buttons, uh, and up close, that could be pretty good for her. Um, but it's, I mean, still, fuck, man. It's only like, it's only been like a day. Has it been 24 hours yet? I've forgotten how time works. Uh, and that's how this thing will go, right? This is how any character comes out. Like, something will happen that will make someone super upset with the way things worked. And we saw this at even in, like, the WSO. Uh, the winner stays stays on stream, which I think... I think people should always watch those. They're always very informative about the basics of how a character works. Like, uh, uh, Matthew Edwards and Logan Sama basically give pretty full breakdowns of what the character is capable of like based on like normals uh set like oki setups uh pressure like is something positive or negative on block like they before the character is even available like they're just they're in it just kind of labbing things out so not only should it give you a good idea like if you're a more advanced player of what the character is like if you're maybe a newer player would give you an idea of, oh, this is how I'm supposed to, like, think about how a character works, because it's, it's, like, pretty simple steps of, like, oh, you just kind of, like, walk through the normals, walk through uh, pressure, like, what's her throw like, what, what are her specials leaving at, what's punishable, what's not, um, what range do things work from, uh, it's a good rundown uh, and definitely worth a watch. Even now, I think it's worth a watch because there were things that I saw then where I was like, "Okay, that that clears things up." Because we saw, we probably have all seen like the the infiltration meme. He's pretty good at doing some pretty mean memes on the game because it's pretty easy. But he'll do something like that whiffing stand hard bunch where the herp, the hitbox and hurtbox is not really tied to the animation, and it's just like, "Oh, that just." I, immediately I see that and I go oh that works like Vegas stand hard punch but you see a lot of people just being like raw hitboxes hurtboxes like man this has been a thing since like all of Street Fighter fuck out of here uh, or like her or that her forward hard punch has a hurtbox way out the end of the stick it's like okay like she's not like Minot hurtbox is tied to the stick like I see that and I'm like alright cool I see some cool stuff there or maybe not I don't know uh, maybe we'll never see anyone press that button, but again, I don't know, because it, it's only been a day. I don't know how it's going to be useful or not. 
uh, and I haven't had enough time to really dig into and have a solid opinion on that yet. And I wouldn't even trust my own opinion. It'll probably change whenever there's, I don't know. Because that's the other thing is you'll see like the whole setups of he is kill 100% kill combo with crush counter and one reset. And it's like, okay, well, that's okay. That's a lot of damage. It's pretty good. Or like one really nasty mix up and you see it on the YouTube and you go, okay, that's, yeah, that's something. There's something there. Or you might find something posted, for example, in the Falk Mega Thread, which is up right now. Stick you to the top of the sub. You go in there and you see, oh, okay, there's, there's some pretty hot bullshit here. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, I like that. Uh, but then, like, a couple months from now, you, like, won't see her in a top eight, and your everyone's opinion will be like, oh, she's, like, mid-tier. And that'll probably be how it works out. She's, like, Sakura tier or Ed tier. Those characters are pretty low tier, actually. Mid low tier, but regardless, no matter. Uh, I don't have an opinion yet. And I, again, I need to dig into it. I need to think about it critically. And again, I don't have the time to do that. But I do recommend everyone, because I did dig through these threads. Uh, the Falk Mega thread. Uh, looked at the C CFN. The Capcom Unity post. Uh, dug through the WSO stream of Falk. Uh, and there's a lot of good information there. Uh, after after she came out, but there were some announcements with uh, with Falk. But wait, there's more. And it was that, hey, secret patch, secret patch, awesome. I oh, I love secret patches. I love them. I love secret patches. And by like when I say I love secret patches, I mean it's extremely frustrating when you're trying to write a character. Uh, supplement for for a video game when the characters change every week and none of the characters that change are Zangief or Vega I tear every night uh, but some things changed it it's like funny right where they obviously had planned this patch uh, because they're obviously looking at the game and working on it uh, but there were there were no announcements prior to fall and there was no announcements when the patch dropped only a day after she was available did they say, Oh yeah, by the way, um, we found out we patched the game. Here are the notes. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, specifically because, like, uh, well, let's dig into these patches. Let's, let's dig into first what they, what they said, right? Uh, in their official notes, Ryu, change. Crouching medium punch. V-trigger, increased the frame advantage on block. From two to three during V trigger. Okay, cool. More pressure. Bison's heavy Psycho Inferno changed the cancel timing window. Uh, and the, the ultimate Psycho Crusher eased the combo count. So juggles. Uh, Cami's reverse edge increased the downward hurtbox. So they're changing Cami hurtboxes. Okay. All right. Brad, making that easier to like AA, I suppose. Uh, Vega flash arch granate change the damage distribution so I guess when he like can he cancel that for it I don't know enough about his his second feature to tell you if that will deal more damage like combat wise uh, but it's 60 60 now instead of 40 80 cool Mika uh, fighting dirty uh, changed with some stuff Rashid's has a lot of changes here with spinning mixer and EX whirlwind shot uh, enough to dig into Dawson's Yoga Burner changed uh, Jury's standing medium punch 
got better in terms of its hitbox, but only in V-Trigger, uh, which I'm assuming means... Ah, uh, that could mean both V-Triggers, right? It doesn't specifically say V-Trigger 1, but I'm gonna assume it's V-Trigger 1. Uh, Colleen's inside slash changed. Uh, but, like, also, I don't know, like, the 20 to 21 frames, I thought it was 23 frames recovery anyway. That's weird. Abigail got some changes to standing light kick. Uh... Okay, making more advantageous on V-Trigger cancel. Great. Uh, but also increase the pushback on block. That's good. Uh, benefits him, or at least it benefits everyone else in that his tick throws got worse. That's good. Uh, Blocker they changed to Kuma. Uh, Zeku, old Zeku they changed, and Sakura. Uh, and that was their notes. Those are the characters that they said they've changed. Uh, those were the notes that they said changed in... in this current patch um but wait there's more there's more still more uh <laughs> we uh got into this uh he released sf5 diff uh the latest right pretty much immediately after the patch came uh this information dropped uh in fact there were more changes that were not listed uh Specifically, for example, something with Ryu that I think is really cool is that his stand hard punch, stand hard kick target combo, uh, when you cancel it in V-Trigger, he can, like, get more juggles now, and he'll have, actually have, like, some sick resets. I saw uh, Dells on Fire posted, like, a really sick Ryu reset in the neutral off of target combo V-Trigger cancel, and it's like, okay, Ryu is... I thought Ryu was pretty, like, mid to high mid-tier, uh, season three. I, I don't know if I'm the only one with that opinion, but I think he's. I, this definitely puts him mid to, to high mid tier. I don't think he's low tier anymore. I think he's okay. But like they changed other stuff, and it's like all right, all right, whatever. All right. I mean, why even? I appreciate that they released these patch notes, right? But. None of them seem to be based on what the community says that they should change about the game. And also they're not complete. And just every week, it's just, it makes me scratch my head and just think, come on, man, get your shit together. Get your shit together, Capcom. Like, you can't do this to my heart every week. Like, please buff Vega and Zangief, please. Like, okay, so I say that out loud, but that's not really what I'm asking for here. I'm just asking for, like, I don't know, like a little more communication about this. Or, like, are you working on a patch? Let us know. Like, people care about that shit. Like, have a little open communication. Do things that other other games do. Like, it's it's unfortunate that a lot of the information about changes about your own game come from people who are working on it in their free time for zero dollars like and that's where people look to for news they don't look to you for the news when they should like you should control your messaging you have the ability to do so you have the ability to to take power of your own game take the reins instead of just throwing it out there and saying mm. like what mm. Let's think, like, would this patch have been... Would these patch notes have been available? When did they find out about these patch notes? Like, wh whoever is in charge of messaging, when did they discover that certain things about the game had changed? Were they even privy to it? Like, 
I don't know if there's an answer to that. I would almost assume that no, that they were not. And the patch notes that we saw are like, emergency, oh fuck, we need to, something is different. There has been a change in the matrix. Uh, someone changed things. Uh, we need to get this information out there and just see people in fire drill mode trying to fix this shit. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, and then let me tell you how to do your jobs. It's just every time it's a little, it's a little bit disheartening. Uh, also, buff Zangi. Okay, uh, and I think this—I don't know—I bring up this last topic uh, because it got a little bit of discussion. I don't know if it's still worth him and hawing about after all these years. Uh, but someone asked on the sub. Or stated, I should say, uh, this was the Atomic. Uh, I don't understand why a lot of people dislike Street Fighter V. I love this game. Plays great. Everything seems balanced. Amazing characters. I don't see the problem. Uh, there are problems. Uh, I will say out loud to you, the Atomic. There are various there are very obviously problems. Uh, specifically on, like, you can... If you just would scroll up uh, a tad and uh, click on that community Street Fighter V fix request priority list, it's all right there, like plain as day. Uh, the community's complaints and the zero communication since day one, basically, about what exactly is wrong with the game. And that messaging, so like that messaging is pretty on point in terms of, you know, this is exactly what people feel at any, like a snapshot in time, here it is. Like, here's what we all think and pretty much collectively agree on. There's a lot of voting that went into it to say, like, this is what we care about more so versus these other things. Uh, just if you did these things right, then this other stuff you know, like, might be forgivable. Uh, it, it or, it's an ordered list because it like voted on and ranked based on the community's votes. Um, that's what's wrong with the game. And a lot of those big ticket items haven't changed or got worse. Like personally, for me, I feel as though the net change to the game, or net changes to the game have caused the overall online netcode experience to be worse. Uh, again, like I feel like I've said this, I think I said this during the tournament, but my assumption here is that the game is now less optimized. I actually think it runs worse on normal PS4 and on systems that previously could run it at 60 frames, no problem. But there are issues now. My PC, for example, could run it fine. And you actually, I actually made a post about this. I checked my history for it. But I dug through the tournament we ran immediately before Arcade Edition came out. Uh, totally smooth. No no stuttering in spectator mode. Nothing like that. Versus immediately following the pat the AE patch. The tournament that we ran a week after. It's just a week's difference in time. One is before, one is immediately after. And it was something that was so dr drastic, so immediately an issue that like I couldn't spectate. My CPU usage was just shot through the roof, and it wasn't XSplit. It was the game eating up all these resources, and I was like, "Damn! Like I can't." 
I can't stream from the PC anymore. I actually have to switch to the PS4 specifically because of that reason. Uh, and that has been known to cause a different type of lag in the netcode. So not only have they not fixed the the netcode as it was, they've probably touched up here and there. That that is hard to discern uh, over time because there were no announcements about it. Of hey, we we touched up the netcode here or, or there. That was never that was never addressed or spoken out loud. So we don't know factually if it has been altered since the initial launch of the game. But not only that, but now there's more optimization problems. So now you're probably more likely to run into someone where it's a very specific kind of lag where their system, whatever they're playing on, drops frames. Uh, I've heard reports that people on uh, PS4 Pros uh, experience this less. Uh, specifically because of the the more power that they get out of that particular system. Uh, but like normal PS4s and certain PCs, uh, it's just not optimized well enough to, to run at the steady 60 that you want, which then will cause lag in a netcode situation, which is unfortunate. Uh, but that's... And that's just one of many issues why a lot of people have collectively agreed that they don't like the game. And I kind of want to say out loud on this podcast, because I've said it a number of times and have stated this a number of times, like, it's okay. It's okay to not like the game. Um, it's okay to have that opinion. It's okay to have that opinion on the sub. Uh, and and stay, it's, as long as you're just not openly an asshole, like, you can just not be an asshole. Like, like I just said that there are certain aspects of Street Fighter Five that aren't good. I wasn't an asshole about it. It's because, like, there's just things that are worth facing. There are things that are good about the game. Uh, and all of that needs to be wrapped up and talked about, you know, or at least can be talked about in a civil manner. And that's fine. Uh, but also, you can post about Street Fighter games you love. I talked about Street Fighter games that, like, Street Fighter 4, and Third, Third Strike, and Second Impact on this very podcast earlier today, in fact, minutes ago. Hopefully I hit record so I can see the, like, 40 minutes ago. <laughs> well, I actually wasn't ch- I usually keep an eye on it, but I had it hidden behind a window. Uh, so I couldn't see if I was still recording. Luckily, I am. Uh, but that's that's the last post we're going to talk about uh, in the normal show. Uh, leading to, I had a good one. Okay, so we usually go into the shit post of the week. Uh, and I had a good one planned. But uh, this user got so bummed that he couldn't get anyone to raise their pitchforks with him that he just he deleted himself and, and all the posts, and it's all gone now, stricken from the record, which is, you know, whatever. Uh, but they, they called <laughs> our Street Fighter, it's cult-like, and their worship of Street Fighter V, and I just got so tickled of being like a cult leader. Ugh, it made me so ha- especially with people referring to my visage being very similar to that of Far Cry 5's uh, cult leader, the main bad guy. I just, it made me smile. So you made me smile, whatever your username was, because I can't tell because you deleted yourself. You're just deleted now. So thank you, deleted, for putting a smile on my face uh, as I lead this Street Fighter 5 worship cult uh, straight into the abyss. Uh, meet us every Wednesday night when we worship in front of a giant bronze statue of, of Jury's feet. 
uh, and drink Ono's piss. It's going to be a good time. Trust me, folks. It's delicious. It tastes like Blanca. Uh, anyway, uh, that's the shit post of the week, which I actually can't share with you. Usually there's links down in the in the comments and the notes, but not this week uh, because it's gone. It's Gonzo, stricken from the record. He deleted himself, uh, which then leads us into the final bit. Uh, I got very excited about our sponsorship, and I was like, hey, M. Blizzard, Best Vega, going to Combo Breaker, Neon, one of, if not the best, Colleen players out there. Uh, I'd say, like, him and Nephew are pretty neck and neck. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll see each other. Is Nephew going to Combo Breaker? I should check on him with I should I should ask him if he's going. Regardless, two very strong players, uh, sponsored by our Street Fighter, going to Combo Breaker. Got me very excited about other sponsorships that have happened in the past, and reminded me of uh, Ebby versus Kazunoko at Stunfest 2015. Uh, this was back when our Kappa sponsored Ebby to go play his Hakam uh, at Stunfest. Uh, and if you guys know me. I am a grappler apologist, and I'm a, I'm a Hakan apologist. I loved Hakan. I thought he was so interesting. Uh, his focus attack normal focus attack dash normal cancel combos and abilities. It is, it is hard to like think F A D N C and then think about what all that means, but also have to explain that to people too who haven't played Street Fighter Four. So what he could do is that he could charge a focus attack, which was a everyone's a ability that everybody had uh, cancel that focus attack with a dash which everybody could do but additionally to that if he was oiled he could cancel his dash into a normal now if you don't know anything about Street Fighter 4 uh, is that back dashes were invincible so he could do a thing where you could have invincibility with the back dash into like a jab so like invincible jabs on wake up or in the neutral or wherever or like Dalsim might come at him with an air normal and he just focus attack forward dash jab it and just say nah Dalsim you're free this matchup is free uh, that was a great matchup super fun to play because uh, the normals don't matter you just focus attack them and press normal it was great it was fantastic so much fun especially considering that I didn't love that match mm, I did like that matchup as Zangief because it was it was tough but once you get in it's Mm, that's satisfying. Uh, but regardless, uh, this was a very fun match to watch between Arakappa's Ebi and Kazunoko, and I would highly recommend you guys check it out. Uh, and remember the good times of Arakappa sponsoring good players uh, to go play the games that they love and enjoy, uh, which they're still doing. Um, they haven't announced one recently, uh, but... I, okay, I won't... I won't spoil any good news, but there's there could be stuff upon the horizon. So maybe check uh, maybe check the front page of our Kappa. This is Joe Monday saying check the front page of our Kappa from every now and again. Uh, safe search off, of course. Uh, regardless, folks, that's a show. Uh, go watch this set. It's electrifying. It's all oiled up. It certainly gets me all oiled up. Uh, I love it as a Hakan apologist, and I recommend you all watch it. Uh, just to get ready for some of the hype matches that we could see uh, potentially uh, with Neon and Tourniquet or M Lizard. That uh, that's like one of the weird like mishaps is that whenever the 
nominations were for our for our sponsorship M Lizard was nominated as Tourniquet which is like his his old name but he's like only entered tournaments as M Lizard like in the past couple years so it's like mm, who is that oh it's M Lizard so if you're looking for previous matches and, and stuff like that uh, search for M Lizard same guy uh, regardless He's flying all the way out from Koreatown. Well, not Koreatown, but all the way from Korea to Chicago. And he's going to compete representing our Street Fighter at Combo Breaker. But that's the show, folks. Uh, and I'm going to go put my head on a pillow and fall asleep so I can wake up early in the morning and work another 12. Uh, that's the show. I'm exhausted again. You've been listening to RSF Radio, the show where we talk about what's been going on on the front page of our Street Fighter. Uh, you can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter, or if you want to respond to anything you heard, if you want to fact check uh, this podcast, you go right ahead and do that. Uh, either by responding to the Reddit post uh, of when this goes up, or responding in the, like, the YouTube comment, or the, however you want to do it. Uh, I'm available. Or reply directly to uh, Reddit SF on Twitter. That's at Reddit SF, which is the official account of our Street Fighter, uh, which you should also follow because there's a lot of like sponsorship news and things are reposted on that timeline that I see from the sub, uh, which may or may not be good. Like if, if I see something that's like, oh, here's something interesting that doesn't make good podcast material, then I'll like throw it up there or retweet it on on that timeline. But and also shit posting, of course. So if you want to see the best shit posting, follow Red, at Reddit SF. Uh, but that's the show, folks. Uh, and I'm gonna go to bed. Uh, I'm exhausted. Uh, I can't wait to fall asleep and cuddle with my dog. Uh, but you guys have a good evening. You guys have a good night, and we will catch you next week on another edition of RSF Radio. Take care, folks. <laughs>